Hello, and welcome to So You Think You Can Fan. And uh, I had to wait a little extra longer because these hooligans would not allow us to do 10 seconds of silence properly. I wasn't even playing how do you know the game. It, oh, was a, it wasn't you, even real. You, 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 you did a, a groan, then Kai laughed. I didn't groan, that wasn't me! I started it. It was me. But it was before the 10 seconds of silence. I'm being slandered. I see, wavelength. I see your waveform on the fucking thing. I see you, Jake. Because I just started the recording while I was talking. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I'm being literally gaslit. You're gaslighting you us. You were not talking when I started it. I, I waited like I'm three seconds. I'm going to fart into the microphone. <laughs> that's what you fucking sound like. <laughs> Guys, 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 guys. Spore angry react in the fucking right. Discord. Right, it's Mike, Look at this. It's Michael Spotlight. He has the talking he has the talking stack. Class is in session. It's been a very long time since we've done a So You oh. Want to Know, to my knowledge. Wait, hold really on. Remember the last time we've done We did on, a League of Legends on. one. Oh yeah, we did yeah. do a League of Legends one, but I was probably not there for it. You weren't you there sh- for no it because you hate us. No one should be there to learn about League so, of Legends. So so what if hypothetically let's say hypothetically speaking i'm uh your discord kitten and i don't know what so you want to know is um can you explain it to me before after you uh do all the shilling for the episode of course so uh theoretically if you are enjoying the content of this podcast in any way shape or form please make sure that you subscribe to our youtube channel at sytyc fan and follow us on twitter with the same handle and you can find us on any platform where podcasts can be found, basically. And if you're enjoying that, make sure to follow, rate us highly, give thumbs up. I don't know, whatever platform you use has a rating thing. Just make sure you do that. And hey, if you want to help us out a little bit in the algorithm, you know, maybe give us a nice little comment, like something funny that you think of, or just comment shrimp. Uh, it's it's kind of out there for anyone. But yeah, that's 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 the sort of thing. So. So you think you can fandom, guys? You know it's it's a podcast where we talk about fiction and fandom. So so you want to know is us sharing our interests to each other and to anyone else listening. Maybe it's for context for a future fan fiction, or maybe it's just something that we really wanted to share. That sort of thing. If we just have something that we're interested in, have some lore we want to get into, that sort of thing, we can do that. But usually, it is more so meant to be a way to prepare whoever else is listening for a possible future continuation so with that being said we have two so you want to know to my knowledge which are the warhammer one which eventually became a whole panel that we run occasionally at conventions and we also did one about league of legends both of which you can listen to wherever you are currently listening to this episode gamers it's finally time for me to tell you about something that I'm very deeply knowledgeable knowledgeable about. Something Hold on, I you banned me from the Discord. Years. I have to reopen the stream. I did not ban you from the Discord. You permanently removed me. I did not. And then you shot me. Okay, maybe I did that. With a real gun. What's all not, this gaslighting going on today? I would never no, guess. There's so much gaslighting keep girl bossing okay. going on right now. I'm not I'm girl bossing. I'm i'm envy bossing i'm i'm angry spore reacting in the discord because of this i can can see all right so you might you might see on our presentation here that uh it's uh currently a mystery 
because I, I wanted to do something that only I could talk about, something that's very near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. So I need to I need to first, of course, prime you with some context. So this is some context, obviously. The year is 2013, a year after the apocalypse hits. I'm still in middle school. Things are things are going we're, on. We're all and, in middle school. Yeah, well, I, yeah, we're all in middle school, maybe. <laughs> and naturally, there is this massive show that comes onto the airwaves on a little-known network. Now, I have the logo here. I'm not sure if you can see it, but it's the silhouette of the logo, the one that I am most uh, familiar with. I want to take. I want you all to take a wild guess as to what this logo could be. Is it Shira? No, it's the it's the it's the logo for. It was the in 2013. Network. It was in 2013. Network. Is it yes. Cartoon Network? You're right. It is Cartoon Network. Oh my god! That this is I, I really like. Wow, the old what a great show! Logo. Well, I love so, that was my favorite television show, Cartoon Network. <laughs> on this network, a massive show airs. It is. At, oh, is it a regular show? No, it's a very different show because regular show aired before that. I I think I I think regular show and Adventure Time aired when I was in elementary school. It's that Adventure Time. It's Adventure Time. Oh my god! No, Adventure Time aired around like the same day that regular show. Did. Yeah, it did. So damn. This show specifically was seen sort of as a huge milestone. It would be one of the most influential animated series to hit the airwaves in Western media, and of course that show is Steven Universe. Now, oh my God. I've been revisiting this show. Uh, I have to say, people that think it's trash, they have a right to their opinion, but I think that they're being way too harsh on this show. It is not that bad. Like, I'm not saying it's anything great, but it's not that bad. But for those of you who don't know what Steven Universe is, it's a show about a boy named Steven Universe and the Crystal Gems, who are an alien species of intergalactic traveling lesbians, after a huge war and they're currently on earth and dealing with the aftermath of said war and the choices that Steven's mom, Rose Quartz made during said war. So it's exploring a lot of that post-war trauma and the repercussions of war and just a whole lot of really interesting stuff. Yeah, this show was absolutely massive for its time. It touched a lot on different sort of, I like, ideologies and it touched on lgbt themes like it was something that was very new for western media and of course you know it sparked a whole lot of fandom it's as a massive show this is a huge show and of course you know like uncle ben's uncle ben said with great fiction comes great point way i mean great fan work and it, it this shit blew up they had their own conventions. They had awesome fan art. Some oh my god, who drew who drew that fan art? Whoa, I know, right? Who who would draw that thing? I I don't know. Probably someone super lame. But yeah, this shit blows up, and everyone's making fan work, fan fiction, fan art, and for some people, fan shows. So enter Stevie Naranjo. This guy is an absolute legend, and I. Now, this might sound sort of like a low blow, but he is basically my Chris Chan. And I mean this not in like a rude way. Like the way that I see it is more of a, uh, is a very uh, different time. He was, he was a little cringe, so to say. I think everyone sort of looks back on like their own 
previous life and they're just like okay this is a little little cringe of me to do everyone has those moments so in that respect it's sort of that way but it was also because there was a lot of interaction online with them in general and this guy would create the topic of today's so you want to know which is the blue gem guardians a steven universe fan show which we will get to right after these messages does anyone have any questions thus far? When was this made? Because I was question. big into the I was big into the the Stephen fandom for up until season three. I think it was around around the Human Zoo was around where I got off. The okay, boat. well, Human Zoo is season four, so season four. Okay, so I stuck around yeah. until then at least. Yeah, so we'll get into that. I do talk a little bit about the the history of that, so we will definitely answer that question in just like a few slides. So, okay. any other questions? Awesome. All right. So the show didn't always look like this promotional picture would lead you to believe. In fact, it had very humble beginnings. Humble enough to look like this. It was very, very old. Oh, my gosh. Very, very. It was very, very, very like, you know, kid opening up their art program and using only a mouse. So let's discuss all about this wonderful show that i've experienced way too much of my life with so i have to break down blue gem guardians into eras because this show has gone on for about as long as steven universe has gone on for it's very it's very weird so there are four different eras there is the classic era which started in 2014 i'm going to assume 2014 because there's a lot of like old footage that includes the Mutos from Godzilla 2014, which I'll get into. Don't worry. And this was also before uh, like Peridot was introduced partly. So it's roughly the 2014, 2013, that sort of era of the internet. So I'm just going to sort of round it. Yeah. Very early 2013, 2014 to 2015. And then we would get the Blue Returns era, which was the longest running era from November of 2015 to September of 2016. And that would be followed up with the Green Pearl era, which was right after the Blue Returns era to the February of 2017. And finally, the Pink Pearl era, which is the current era and is, I believe, what would be if like if the series were to end, this would be the final sort of arc of the series. But We'll sort of get into that stuff there. Uh, another thing that's probably important is continuity. So continuity is a little flimsy in Blue Gem Guardians because it's half of the like main stuff that happens in the classic era does carry over into the later like eras of the show. But a majority of the stuff that happens in classic does not return as well or doesn't have any mention of returning either. So they're very, very distinct and different. And I I want to say that they are different, like, canons. Because if you were to watch the Blue Returns onwards and jump back to classic, there probably wouldn't be anything that you're missing outside of, like, things from the shorts, uh, meme videos, and that sort of thing. So you don't really need... The only continuity that you need to care about is stuff that is established in the classic era... And then the rest of the series can, has its pretty tight canon, surprisingly. So, let's get into the classic era. 
So the classic era was originally produced during 2014. Uh, most of, if not all, of the surviving content is found on an archive channel, which is just Stevie Naranjo Archive, where you can find all of the classic era all sort of combined into one channel. Uh, it's very old. The art is done entirely in MS Paint, and its resolution does not hold up whatsoever if you are trying to watch this now. I'm telling you this as best as I can. This is some MS Paint Windows Movie Maker level stuff. This is very, very ancient. And, of course, naturally during this time, uh, the creator, Stevie, was very young. And you would see a lot of that stuff sort of find its way into the classic era's material. Such as him just having his original character, Blue Topaz, turn into Godzilla and fight the Mutos from the Godzilla 2014. I don't remember exactly why it's a Muto. It might just be the Muto. It could be a corrupted gem. It's not really explained. Like, it just sort of happens. Unless that goes hard. It does go it hard. It does go hard. Uh, and another thing that's very apparent with the classic era is that I'm not sure if you're familiar with the little diamonds that you see in the backgrounds of Steven Universe's sort of like, you know, backdrops for the animation. But there was a long running trend of Stevie making videos with like clickbait arrows and circles on these little diamonds that were just in the background to confirm that his characters were part of the canon. So obviously a lot of quirky things happened. This man is trying to just have fun, be a kid, do stuff with his favorite show, and also try to explain why his characters are totally canon to the world. And speaking of those characters, we might as well introduce you to them. So we have on the left there, King Blue Topaz, the king of the Crystal Gems, which is um, very ironic given the Crystal Gems nature. But, you know, it was a kid. He wanted to do stuff. and. While he may look human, he isn't actually human. He is a full gem. They just have a very uh, interesting design quirk for Blue during this era. And he was in love with Pearl from Steven Universe. And they had a child together that was produced from a giant McFucking egg. And that would produce <laughs> Sapphire, who is basically just a recolor of his father. Uh, they were both voiced by Stevie at the time. So it's just the same voice coming out of the same character. Not even, so, like, attempting to make it higher pitched. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, like, they wouldn't speak with their mouths. They would speak with their gems, and their gems would glow, and that's how their voice would be done. Which is a very neat way to get around uh, lip sync, which honestly kind of based, because fuck lip sync. Am I right? Damn. But yeah, so... Uh, this giant McFucking egg produces Blue Topaz and Pearl's son, Sapphire. Keep in mind, this was before we actually got the reveal of what a Sapphire in Steven Universe looks like with Garnet being a fusion and all. So mm -hmm. this was a very early sort of product of the fandom, which definitely shows its age after, you know, the end of season one or season one B, depending on who you're talking to. So yeah, so... Blue and Recolor Blue are family, and Pearl is the mom, and Blue is the dad, and a whole lot of weird, wacky stuff happens. There's also an evil version of Blue, 
who is just called King Blue.exe because everyone has to have an evil version of themselves that's named.exe. And I'm telling you this now, this character is slightly important, which is very weird given the fact that it's an exe character. I see that this is the this is the Reldnock Natsu Natsirk of this. Yeah, that would probably be the best way to describe uh at, at least in this era, that would be the most apt way to describe it. Uh, as the series goes on, Blue becomes less of a sort of self-insert for Stevie, and he becomes his own character, and that's mostly because they actually had like writers come on board to write the show with Stevie. All for free, of course, because they were all like minors, and I'll get more into that a little later. But this this whole show started sort of building up this mythos. So now you have Blue evil blue and recolor blue in this in this whole era and of course blue.exe is evil i'm I'm not sure if you were able to pick up on that no that's that's crazy i didn't know that yeah he is important though and he he does kind of go hard i will be honest he does go hard a little later i promise so now you know the main characters of this another thing that is to note about this is that during this time uh while Pearl and Blue were in a relationship as well, Sapphire was dating Amethyst from the Crystal Gems. It's it's quirky. It's very quirky. But a lot of this classic era stuff was mostly just the kid having fun and memeing and trying to just, like, make stuff because he wanted to make stuff because he liked this show. And you can definitely see that within the early works of just they're they're just throwing stuff at the wall that they enjoy uh there's donkey cheese from back to the barnyard i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that show oh my Uh, god (laughs) yeah they that like donkey cheese is canon (laughs) to the blue gem guardians there's a lot of really weird stuff that's canon to the blue gem guardians i will let you know that in advance Uh, also another thing that's canon to blue gem guardians is that blue topaz can go super saiyan uh it's well, not addressed but he can go super saiyan also pearl can go super saiyan too like that's also <laughs> something that is in canon <laughs> okay and all right to really prove that this is a really old sort of like series back when peridot was introduced he made an entire short of just blue topaz going to kick her ass and then warping back he does not speak to her. He uses the gem and it glows and he kicks her ass and she goes running to Homeworld and he's just like, yeah, I did it. It's awesome. He That's like hard. a Giga Chad move. Yeah, it is a Giga Chad move. Now, the sad thing about this era is the reason why it's called the classic era is because this was on a different channel that was eventually deleted because he got bullied so much for just making content. Like this was just a kid putting stuff out there that was drawn in MS paint. And you know, people thought it was cringe. People thought it was weird and not Steven universe, because at the time we didn't know if male gems existed. We only believed that there were female gems. So we didn't see any masculine gems like within the series. So naturally people got on his case about that. Uh, I was also, you know, a lot of self insert stuff. People were really throwing shit at him, but there was a small movement on Tumblr. I have uh, a question. Yeah, what's up? Steven Universe. Yeah? Is a male gem? 
Steven is the first weird. half. Yeah, Steven is the first and only half gem, half human. So the male, the masculine part of him comes from his dad. Like that is just a human thing. Oh, okay. There's no, there's no male gems at all, right? Uh, in the entirety of the main show, yes, but I believe in the future there is. Hmm. Is that that's not also from hybrids? It's just other gems. Yeah, it's just other gems. Mm. But like for for the for the entirety of Steven Universe's original run, there are only feminine gems. And I did ask somebody who worked on the show uh, about this sort of thing, like you know, what do you think about male gems? And they just they didn't have a problem with it. So clearly, the fandom was just kind of being an ass. But there was a small portion of people that made a little Tumblr following called hashtag Believe in Stevie, which was a sort of parody of hashtag Believe in Steven, which was another sort of tag that they wanted to do with the show to get people talking about it so that's it was just a very wholesome thing there is like one fan art piece that's still on tumblr that you can find if you search up hashtag believe in stevie it's very cute i really appreciate it i've come around to really like appreciating this sort of thing so yeah the channel got deleted after a lot of bullying and he eventually returned which is where we get into the blues return uh era of the show so the Blue Returns era was the first time that we actually used the Blue Gem Guardian's name. Like that was the first time you'll ever see it used. Uh, and that was mostly as a way to separate it from the Crystal Gems because that was a lot of the construct, like the, the critique on the original run of the classic era was he was the king of the Crystal Gems. That's kind of a big no-no. So naturally he made his own thing. And this came about after Stevie, of course, decided to make a new YouTube channel and produce new content. And this was the longest era, and it introduced the iconic phrase that he still says to this day, I Chavuka. I have no idea what it means. I've asked him about it. I have gotten zero context about what I Chavuka means. I Chavuka. It's, it's just okay. a funny saying. And during this, of course, Je uh, Blue Topaz goes full gem, full like multicolors and everything, using the good old MS Paint colors. And the really interesting thing about the Blue Returns era is that it makes a whole lot of really weird things canon to the world of Blue Gem Guardians, uh, including a lot of crossover characters, like Jenny XJ9 from My Life as a Teenage Robot, uh, uh -huh. Star Butterfly from Star vs. the Forces of Evil, uh -huh. uh, are just some. And Is that the bird from My Hero Academia? No, this was way before that. Uh, that is okay. an original character. How old is My Hero Academia? Uh, so it's around like 2016, isn't it? It's. I, I thought it was 2018, buddy. It was a lot no, later. I don't think it was 2018. It was definitely after the sh after this series began. The anime is 2018, much. and the manga is 2014. Okay, That's well fair. then, so it's, it's possible. It's pot. It's not. I'll tell you that right now. It is meant to be because. <laughs> Come on, man! Give me the bug. <laughs> Stevie is a Come huge on. fan of Godzilla, so th that character on the left is Thunderbird, who is a recolor of Rodan, who is like black and blue and has sort of like a, a geese design. He's not really important. He doesn't really show up a whole lot, but he's a part of the cast. And Sapphire got a proper recolor to not be gray. And of course, the most iconic crossover character who is in a relationship with Blue Topaz is Maria Robotnik from Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, of course. Uh, yeah. I do have so to explain why. Yeah, so um, 
The reason that Maria Robotnik is the love interest for Blue is because a troll on Google Plus, of all things, made their account Maria Robotnik. And they basically girl powered, uh, like, Stevie. So that is why Maria is the love interest for the Blue Gym Guardians, to my knowledge. I'm sure there's some other context to it, but... Yeah, crossovers were just kind of canon. Uh, and Blue Topaz being shipped with crossover characters would certainly not be the only like instance with R- Maria Robotnik. He is also shipped with Starfire from Teen Titans Go specifically. Um, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, there's also a lot of other characters that he's shipped with. It's just it's really weird. There's a whole lot of shipping going on within like this series in general because Stevie really wanted Blue to be in a romantic relationship of some kind. Uh, there's also a lot of implied sex between the gems. Well, of course. Uh, yeah, I believe that uh, it's also implied that Maria Robotnik. Yeah, um, it's weird. It's very weird. Uh, also, something that's canon to the world of Steven Universe is Rebecca Sugar herself. It, it, I don't know how to explain this because I don't know why she's here. I don't know why she was included within the series. Like, it's never really made... A, like, it's never really addressed why she's here. Like, what her purpose is within the series. Uh, but she does bring in two other gem characters from the Google Plus verse and from another fan show with Kunzite from Kunzite Universe and Capri. Uh, Capri was a, another, I don't know if they were a troll or if they were just like a genuine person who was just a minor and didn't know any better. And they made their own character and their character was included within Blue Jump Guardians. Kunzite was also part of this like Steven Universe fanon world and for some reason they just had like a little bit of a rivalry. Uh, I believe it's because Kunzite was basically like the creator of Kunzite Universe, who only made one episode, unfortunately, basically said, I will ratio the fuck out of Blue Gem Guardians and make it look obsolete. And, you know, to be fair, I think it's kind of understandable why Stevie would be upset by this. So he made two specials where Blue Topaz and the crossover characters kick their asses. Just, it's so weird. It's so out there. And again, I don't understand why Rebecca Sugar is canon to the world of the Blue Gem Guardians. And the the big thing about this era, and the reason why it's the longest, is because a lot of it was just shorts that were just like cringy meme videos that Stevie found were really funny. So we included them into this sort of mythos of just him just throwing shit at the wall and having a good time and doing whatever he wants to do. And they're like a minute, 30 second long videos, but it lasted for a good while. Uh, and eventually enough people finally sat down and convinced Stevie to get rid of all the characters that belong to other people uh, that weren't like part of this like fan inverse. So Rebecca Sugar never reappears. Uh, so sad. I know, right? That, uh, that Rebecca Sugar died of Ligma. And we'll get to the crossover characters and how they died of Ligma too. But oh no, this whole this ladder, whole sort like of Caradun. Yeah, <laughs> so sad. Just like Caradun <laughs> falling off a ladder in the Mandalorian. Yeah. So the reason that the like the characters leaving again was partly because the audience that was watching this really wanted Stevie to just do his own fucking thing, 
and to stop relying on other people's content for like his show, which is a pretty fair thing to do, in my opinion, at least. So they had an episode, uh, I believe it was called Worthless Virtue. It might be that one. It might be a different one. But it's basically like Blue Topaz dealing with the fact that he has to move on from the crossover characters because they have to go to their own universes. So I guess that this is a multiverse spanning narrative. Uh, but thankfully we get introduced to some other characters and we get introduced to all original characters this time. And we enter the Green Pearl era. So the Green Pearl era dropped the crossover characters, as I said before, in favor of original characters, and he swapped from MS Paint to Fire Alpaca sometime during its run. So you'll see that the art quality like suddenly jumps up a little bit because he's no longer working in MS Paint. And this only lasted for about two to three episodes, and like maybe a short. And it's very weird how it only lasted for so long, and there is context to that. But the most important thing is that Sapphire no longer looks like a recolor of Blue Topaz. It, it, it's, such a, it's such a huge thing. It's, it's so big. But during this era, we get introduced to two new gems who were going to be taking the place of both Pearl and Amethyst in the group. It's a new love interest for Sapphire and for Blue Topaz, respectively. So Green Pearl was a fan character that was created and got permission into the show. And the other character, I forget the name of it. I forget her name specifically, but she is like a short... She's like if you combine Ruby with Amethyst personality. That's sort of the way I can describe it. They're very, it's very I weird. I know what yeah. these terms mean. I think it's Star Quartz is the name of the character. You, it really doesn't... It, it's not super important. She's not really important to the overall lore of the series. Uh, and again, this only lasted for about two to three episodes, including what is in the screenshot, the episode that is exclusively just Blue Topaz, a.k.a. Stevie, being upset that he has to no longer use the crossover characters. And he's really upset by it. So he spends an entire episode sort of dealing with that loss. And it is canon that this is the crossover characters in this era. Otherwise, I wouldn't have included them in the continuity. But it's very, very apparent that whatever the hell is happening is because of the outrage on Google Plus, of all things, and in the YouTube comments. So you might be wondering, you know, this only lasted for so long, and we know what the next era is with Pink Pearl. So what the hell happened to Green Pearl? Does anyone want to have any theories as to as to what happened to Green she, Pearl? She fell, she fell off a ladder and died. Like Cara Dune. Like Cara Dune from The Mandalorian, who fell off a ladder in between seasons and died tragically, and everyone will miss her. She took yeah. a fat nap. And just Honestly, hasn't woken up she yet. she murdered somebody and took a fat nap? Is that what you're that, saying? No, just she took a fat nap. Like, that's <laughs> gotcha. it. She, she oh, just okay. hasn't woken up yet. That's it. I, 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 really I think tired. that she didn't die and was simply recolored and passed off as the same character. So... Sadly, none of you are wrong. Uh, there are there is a an actual reason. Wait, and none the of joke, us are wrong. Or none of us sorry, are wrong. Sorry, sorry, all of you are wrong. My bad. None <laughs> of you are correct. I have a brain fart right now. Uh, so it depends on who you talk to. If you were a viewer and you were not aware of what's going on behind the scenes, 
the the lore that everyone passed around was that Green Pearl was lost to the void and she's just trapped in nothingness forever. Like she is just trapped in like limbo. Oh, so you the, mean she took eternity. a fat nap? Yeah, she took a fat nap. Uh, if you the actual answer was because Stevie lost permission to use the character and he had to replace her. So she fell, well, so what I'm hearing is she fell off a ladder. Yeah, she fell off a ladder, cracked and chipped, uh, like cracked and like shattered her gem, and she died. So she, none of us were wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, none of you are wrong. She just like Cara Dune from The Mandalorian. She fell off a ladder and died and took a fat nap. While well, well dying, while dying. Well, she 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 didn't wake up, so I think she, I think she did die. Uh, I personally like the joke that she is trapped in like limbo and she has like an epic anime girl boss arc of her just kicking people's asses and she returns back from like a dystopia and she's really fucking cool i don't know i i actually just i just think it's really funny to just this like, sounds like some weird cross if you don't mind me having a small one minute interlude here no go ahead between sonichu and tails gets trolled in terms of the feeling i'm getting from it because it sounds it's benign and stupid like Sonichu in some ways and it's also insane in other ways like Tails Gets Trolled. Well Tails Gets Trolled is on a completely other realm of existence compared to this when it comes to uh, insane shit. But I think that's I think an apt comparison. Uh, I do think it's like if you were to take the everything that's outside of like the self-awareness of Tails Gets Trolled and slapped it with Sonichu that would be what I would describe as Blue Gem Guardians. Because outside of the Pink Pearl era and a little bit of the, and like the, outside of the Green Pearl and Pink Pearl era, it was very much a Sonichu level sort of thing where it was just some dude having fun, making stories with his characters and just wanting to self express. Uh, but after the Green Pearl era and into the Pink Pearl era, they actually got people to write for the show. So it became a lot less focused on the actual, you know, weird upset like obscure ideas that stevie was pumping out and more on an actual narrative uh, another important thing that happened during the green pearl era was sapphire no longer is voiced by stevie uh he is actually voiced by my good friend hubadubatron or hugh uh big fan of him love him very much uh he lent his voice to play sapphire and it it, it, it gives a lot of layers to this character where Blue Topaz it doesn't really have any character, and now giving Sapphire a different sort of tone to him, he becomes more of like this innocent, soft character that I think really plays well into what I believe Star again, I don't remember her name because I don't exactly remember a whole lot of what's happened uh, with this sort of era, especially with that character because she wasn't really important. But that whole thing... Uh, they had a really interesting dynamic between the two in the Green Pearl era, and it was really nice and refreshing to have some actual death, like personality into these characters rather than just like whatever the hell uh, Stevie wants to write for. So again, I personally like to believe that Green Pearl has been sent to the Void and she is fighting uh, fighting the good fight. Uh, but you are welcome to believe that she fell off a ladder like Cara Dune in the Mandalorian between seasons two and three. So. Let's get into the Pink Pearl era. So this is when the series properly changed formats. Uh, it went from being this sort of meme anthology series into being a proper serialized story 
It lasted about four episodes with an epilogue sometime after, which is why I continue it into the present because it's the, the most recent one, I believe was either this year or last year. And it was a sort of just a, here's what's going on in the rest of the world of Blue Gem Guardians, which was kind of nice because the series ended quite, I think before Steven Universe Future aired. Uh, and for those that aren't familiar with the series, Steven Universe and Steven Universe Future are basically like Naruto and Naruto Shippuden. So when I talk about Steven Universe, I'm talking about the original run, seasons one through five. And Steven Universe Future is a sort of epilogue season that comes after Steven Universe, it, like the proper I f- series. I feel like that comparison doesn't really work. I, I know because Naruto, if you were to watch it in Japan, I believe it's just called Naruto all the way through. Well, I mean, more on the fact that Naruto Shippuden is just like the second half of Naruto as opposed to like an epilogue season. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's longer than the original. It's more like yeah. the second two thirds. It's the the two two the last two thirds of the show is Shippuden. Yeah, I think the uh, I, I was using it as a comparison because I always describe Steven Universe Future as Steven Universe Shippuden because you're supposed to watch them together. Mm-hmm. It's like the reason why I call it an epilogue is because it specifically happens after the events of Steven Universe and it finishes up the rest of the story. So, but if you were to like think of it as like one show, it would be. Season six would be future and seasons one through five are the original run. So this also was originally planned to be six episodes. There's supposed to be a whole arc about pink Pearl trusting blue topaz and blue topaz dealing with jealousy. And I'll get into that a little bit more uh, once we get into uh, my next slide, but this would be the final era of blue gem guardians. This series would reintroduce uh, bluetopaz.exe and he would come under a new name and get a badass new redesign in the form of Razor. So Razor is a... We're not sure if he's corrupted or if he's cracked. I believe he is a corrupted gem and he is the main antagonist for this final era of the series and it wraps up the entire story and it ends with, of course, Pink Pearl and Blue Topaz falling in love and being happy together. So, Yeah. Uh, another weird quirk that especially happened within the Pink Pearl era, but it started in the Blue Returns era, was that Blue Topaz took on a lot more lion-esque traits. Like, he starts running on all fours, and he has, like, the lion hind legs. Like, it's very weird, and it's a lot. It's used a lot more in the future, like, series of the, of the show, where he will actually just run on all fours at all times. Uh, yeah, it's kind of quirky. So you might be wondering, you know, how do I know about these six episodes that were planned? Well, I was part of the writing team for Blue Gem Guardians. Oh! I wrote wow a, a good chunk of the episodes for this series. And while it was sort of under a pseudonym, it was... Like, I did have a hand in it, and there were some... Like, we originally planned for this to have full six episodes. Uh, there was supposed to be the two episodes that lead into the actual, like, main arc of the series. Man. Where we get introduced to Pink Pearl and her little hooligans and also Razor. And then we would get an arc with uh, Blue dealing with jealousy and a fusion between Pink Pearl and 
star core. I, again, I, I'm probably not remembering the name, right, but you know, I was, I was looking at the writing team and I was trying to figure out, man, this Schmequinox Schmoodles person sounds really familiar. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine who, uh, who is that? I know. Right. So yeah, a lot of things happened, but I wanted to actually sort of finish this off with a, well, you know, why talk about this? Obviously, I had a hand in the writing for the final era of the series because I was very critical about it running. But I also used to do Steven Universe fan show reviews. And I was extremely critical on Blue Gem Guardians. And you know, I do have something to say about critics and being involved in series generally being a good thing. So I'll let you finish what you're saying and then I'll talk about it. So, like, I, I, again, like, my sort of mantra is I think that it's good to have critique. I think that everyone should at least have constructive critique. I prefer a, what is basically a criticism sandwich where you start with a good, like, a, like a good compliment, a compliment of like something you liked, something you didn't like, and then something you liked again to wrap it up. I didn't do this. I just talked about how much I fucking hated the show. And it was very, very negative. But uh-huh. it certainly turned around. As I said, I have had talks with Stevie, the creator. He's a very nice guy. And when I mentioned that he is like the Chris Chan to me, like he's my Chris Chan, I don't mean it in the sense of Chris Chan basically being like a lol cow and like just getting absolutely ragged on and falling into like, a, like stumbling into chaos basically with what happened with Chris Chan. Stevie was a genuine person who existed on a failing social media platform, Google+, which I was also a part of. And I genuinely got to know him, and to this day, like we still follow each other. But the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because I think it's important to sort of highlight an aspect of fandom that I don't think is talked about enough, and it's mainly because not a lot of people do it, and that's fan shows. It's very, very hard to have a fan show that goes on for so long like Blue Jim Guardians did from 2014 all the way up to the end of Steven Universe itself. And for it to wrap up and have an epilogue is something amazing because a lot of the other fan shows in this space don't finish or they only have one episode to produce. And again, fan shows are very, very complicated to make. You have a lot of working parts that you need to do like voice acting and animation and writing. It's a lot of work. And I wanted to specifically highlight something that I was at least a little knowledgeable about and something that I was involved in to at least show uh-huh. you the creative side of Fanon and something that I feel like should be recognized more and celebrated more. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think fan shows, you, somebody get the jar because I'm about to talk about a fan show, and Michael's going to complain that I'm going to talk about the f- the setting that it's based off of. Is it Warhammer fan show? It's a Warhammer fan show, and it's the, in my opinion, the best fan show ever created. And ev- I was going to say everyone here has seen it, but at least three of us have seen all of it, and two of you have seen clips. Uh, if the Emperor had the text to speech device. Oh, yeah, that show. Is one of the greatest pieces of media on the internet. Just holy. It's and the Primark. The Primark. It is sanguineous. I am. I am. 
And what did I see? The Primarch! The Primarch! The Sanguinius! And something... Cut the audio! Cut the audio, Matt! <laughs> something that it has in common with another another really good fan show on the internet that leads into a topic that you brought up earlier is criticism uh which is criticism of fan shows um this, if the emperor had a text speech device and dragon ball z abridged have many things in common uh, a lot of voice cast being one of them um but another thing being the fact that a lot of the people who ended up writing for both dbza and if the emperor had a text speech device are people who started out not liking it and were very crit- critical of it because they wanted to see it improve and ended up joining the team and i think that's amazing you know yeah no i absolutely agree i think that's important for people who want to see something grow because they really like this idea you know it's a seed that they have to cultivate and grow and water and, you know, try mm-hmm. and protect. And I think it's important that, you know, if, if somebody has criticisms, I wouldn't say put their money where their mouth is, but to try and figure out what their issues are and address uh-huh. them in some way, or if they want to get involved with the show and at least in a creative and constructive fashion, that they can do so, you know? I think there are a lot of shows on fan shows that could have been a lot better if they if they brought in a lot of their vocal critics to help improve on what was being created <coughs> red versus blue <coughs> sorry i had a cough that was weird yeah, um, it's all right man it's okay i mean i hold on <coughs> oh sorry ruby's not really a fan show it's just a show it is a show that has fans yeah, but like it's not a fan show. Like, like not like red versus red versus blue. Yeah, I know what you're. I know while what you're being saying. while being approved of and um now being made alongside three four three and whatnot, at least to a certain extent, was just it, it was just a Halo machinima, and it was really good for a long time, and then it wasn't. <laughs> just so one day, it just stopped being good. And I feel like a lot of the criticism behind Red vs. Blue would have alleviated the the issues that later seasons had. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I just think, like, as a creative, I really think that criticism is important to building mm-hmm. and growing as a creator. I think it's important to understand where your flaws are to try and, you know, work on them and improve them. Uh, it's something that I have learned from animation like you need people to look at your stuff and to give a second opinion. So that way you know that you're on the right track and that you're making something that they, you know, that other people will enjoy or at least more people will enjoy. Right. And obviously mm-hmm. make, make for yourself. That's another thing I want to make is important uh, with this like sort of fan and discussion is the most important thing about this show. And the reason that I think it's more important to talk about it outside of my involvement with it in some ways, shape or form again, under a pseudonym, uh, was that for the majority of it, it was just one kid having a good time and doing stuff that he wanted to do. It was just his show. He wanted to make something that was fun for him, featuring his characters in a world he really liked, the characters he really liked. And obviously he did make changes because of criticism, but 
he made a show specifically for him. Uh And it's very clear and authentic when it is entirely by his hand. Yeah. Hmm. I respect that. Now, the main important question is, of course, should you watch it? And my answer is a humble no. With all sincerity. Damn. With all sincerity. It's not worth it. I'm sorry. It's You got to remember, this was during a time when a majority, if not all of the people working on it, were minors. You are watching a bunch of kids play with toys. It's not worth it. I promise you, like, me talking about it, maybe the... I haven't watched the epilogue short, but maybe that's good enough for you. I'm telling you right now, at least if you are going to watch it, do it in small doses. Because it's a very quirky show. Maybe drink while you're doing it. <laughs> that might improve it. That might improve it. But yeah, I I really wanted to just say that I really, really like Steven Universe now again. I'm coming around to it. I don't mm. agree with all the writing decisions, but the, the fan work that was created for the show is still to this day some of the stuff I remember. And in particular... Blue Gym Guardians is something I think that at least should be respected for what it was trying to do. Uh, is there any questions at all that you that you guys had? Any questions? Hmm. What would you change about the show first? Uh, obviously, I would just get rid of the crossover characters from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think the, I think if I were to start the show... I would start it with the Green Pearl era. And instead of the crossover characters being like, you know, being like they left, have it be crystal gems that were corrupted. So you can foreshadow Razor coming into the mix. Uh And that way, the conversation about saying goodbye to friends and having to go their own ways is worded a lot differently and takes on a whole new meaning for what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think if I were to have the decision, just cut Green Pearl out of the story and replace her with Pink Pearl, Pink Pearl for the entirety of it. I think there's a lot that could have been done within the like the, the episodes that were scrapped that were ultimately, you know, from the cutting room floor. Because, the, again, the fusion between Pink Pearl and Star Quartz, again, as I, I think is her name, uh, was Spinel before Spinel was even added into the Steven Universe mythos. And they were going to be a few, like they had characters and stuff. Like, obviously the thing that I would change the most is to make it a more narrative focused show and have it only be a small chunk, maybe 13 episodes or something, just something quick and easy that is still fits into the mythos of Steven universe. Cause that's something I really appreciate is when a fan work works in the world of like of the series that they're trying to work with. To where it could work as sort of like a headcanon or like an uh like a side story to the main world. I think that would have been my ultimate call on what to do. Uh, another big one is of course making Blue Topaz not the king of the crystal gems from any way, shape, or form. Uh, but a majority of the stuff that I wanted to change was done within the Green Pearl era onward. I think there was a really solid foundation for what they wanted to do. Uh, I just think that it was not exactly in the right hands, so to say. But for what 
Stevie wanted to do and for what the audience wanted of the show, I think that it delivered at least within the final two eras of its run. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Did you provide oh, another- any art for it? Uh, I did not provide any artwork for it. Uh, I think I I might have had a hand in Razor's redesign. I don't remember exactly, but that was that might have been part of it. Uh, another thing that is a little quirky is that at the time uh, I had a gem OC that I won't get into, but they were included in a way that I didn't really appreciate. Uh, as like a fangirl and it made me really sad so yeah but I I think the main thing that should be looked at again is just if I had like if I if if I did any art for it I don't think it really made its way into the show or I didn't do art for the show in general hmm do you mm-hmm. think it gave you some experience if you ever wanted to run a show of your own? I think it did. Uh, it, it forced me to work with other writers because, you know, we're, we're trying to all organize something together. And it it gave me at least the knowledge of, like, because I, I already did classes on, like, how to organize and structure stories for media. And Sergio died. Oh, Sergio uh, did die. Maybe we should just wrap uh, it up. Uh, oh. Yeah, let's just wrap it up. Um, uh, if you, you know, have any other questions, you can let me know on Twitter. Yeah. I'll make sure to tweet at you. I guess. <laughs> well, you, you said it. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, all right. I mean, my DMs are open, but sure, if you want to tweet at me, you can. Yeah, I will. I will tweet at you. Yeah. Well, well, since we are, we, said, we are still recording, I have, I have the true last question, probably the most important. Oh, yeah, sure. Do you regret it? I don't think I do. Uh, I think I partly regret it because I have, like, again, I wrote under a pseudonym. Hmm. Well, well so perhaps, a better, perhaps a better question, since you were uh, anonymous. Would you do it right. again? Ooh, that's a toughie. Uh, it depends on a whole lot of factors. Uh, I think ultimately it needs to be a concrete set of episodes that are done. Uh, I would want to make sure that whatever is being produced, we're all on the same page on. Uh, And the big one is that I would be very, very much a hard ass on making sure it fits within the canon of the world. Uh, if, If I were to do it again, I would need a lot of time to think about it. Because I'm going to be honest, as much as I like doing fan projects, I like having the creative freedom to do whatever the hell I want. So, mm-hmm. it's a big maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fair. Alright. Yeah. I have no well, more. I promise. I have no more. The episode is now over. So, I love you. Greg Chudley. Time.